my friends, it's Andy and Henny coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. How are you, my love? For what? The living fearless, <laughs> the living fearless devotional, of course. Yes, you can find all of our content on resurrectministry.com. Uh, it's, a, it's a portal to the divine. Deepen your relationship wow. with Jesus Christ. A portal to the divine. Yes, from that the comfort awesome. of your home. He'll meet you where you are. So drop us a line, visit the site, check out the books. If you care to donate, you could do that too. Wow, that was really good. A Thank portal, you. what'd you say? A portal to the divine. Gosh, I love that. Thank you. I never thought of us as being a portal Not to the divine. us. Oh, no? No, oh. the website is the portal to the divine. Oh, Because it's gosh. introducing you to content that leads you to Jesus. Oh. It's not about us, lovey. Really? No. Oh. It's never about us. That's different. <laughs> that I gotta get used to. Hey, Cindy Hauser, nice to see you. Hi, Cindy. There she is, right there. What are you talking about tomorrow, Cindy? Yeah, what's your topic for your message? Before you tell us, oh no, you can tell us, and then we'll, and then when you see the devotional, maybe it's, maybe it's a helpful subject that's happened a couple times with Cindy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm sorry, I got distracted by that picture. Look at that picture that's on that. Very distracted. Nobody else can see it. Hey, um, I went to a, I went to a men's breakfast this morning. I don't know if you know that. Yes. At uh, Kindred Community Church. A new church for us to check yes. out. Yes. Uh, it was very, very good. I'll have to talk about it after we get done with the yes, devotional. Would that be okay with you? Yeah. yeah. I'd expect nothing less. Well, healing and peace. Healing and peace. Good topic. Yes. Excellent topic. Um, we are going to be reading from uh, Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning, which is our devotional we've been in now. Uh, for quite some time. It's uh, January 14th as at the time that we're reading this. And uh, the reference is Isaiah 63.1. Mighty to save. Mm. Mighty to save. Charles Spurgeon says, through the words to save, we come to understand. Oh, so my gosh. Through the words to save, we come to understand the great work of salvation from our first holy desire to our complete sanctification. God's mercy is wrapped up in these words. For Christ is not only mighty to save those who repent, but he is mighty to cause awesome. them to repent. That's so good. Those who believe him, he will take to heaven. But more than that, through his might, he will give them new hearts and will work faith into their lives. He is mighty to cause the person who hates holiness to love it and to compel someone who despises his name to bend his knee before him. Yet these words are not fully defined, even in all of this. For the Lord's divine power is equal in a person's life after the work of salvation has been accomplished. The life of a believer becomes an ongoing series of miracles performed by the mighty God. Amen. The bush continues to burn, but it is not consumed. After making his people holy... He is mighty to keep his people holy and also to preserve them in his reverence and love until he perfects and completes their spiritual existence in heaven. Christ's mighty power does not lie in making someone a believer and then leaving him to fend for himself. For he who begins a good work will carry it on to completion. He who imparts the first seed of life to a dead soul divinely continues that life strengthening it until it completely bursts the bonds of every sin and until that soul leaps from the earth perfected in glory. O oh, believer, 
What an encouragement this is. Are you praying for a dearly loved one? Don't give up. Christ is mighty to save. You are powerless to reclaim even one rebellious soul, but your Lord is almighty. So take hold of his mighty arm, stirring it to exhibit its strength. Are you troubled about your situation? Fear not. His strength is sufficient for you. Whether Jesus is working salvation into, uh, into another or continuing to work in you, he is mighty to save. The best proof of this lies in the fact that he has saved you. You can be thankful a thousand times over that he is not mighty to destroy, but he is mighty to save. Oh, wow. reading this. Gives you healing and peace. Gives healing and peace. <laughs> For sure. But um, hello, Lisa Wood. It's literally one of the times that I can truly feel the gift of having worshiped another God. And I'll tell you why. Oh. Because I really believe that it's only through that experience of experiencing a God that is mighty to destroy. It was like, in entering Islam, it was, okay, this is something you have to do. And then it becomes a game of survivor. Like, are you going to figure out how you're going to not earn God's wrath? And there's a huge obstacle course that runs your entire life. And they're constantly adding more qualifications. And yet you still don't know if you make it at the end. Mm. And so it was, not only did he do the opposite not only does it do the opposite of christ where he's saying he doesn't he doesn't just save you save you he redeems restores and constantly sanctifies you he doesn't leave it to you to finish um but in islam it was it was this game of trying to figure out what could i do how much could i do what would ever be enough that um i would earn god's love Mm. And for Christ, it's the exact opposite. He's like, I love you so much. Believe in me and I'll do the rest. I mean, that's yeah. so, that is so glorious. And um, before you, if you don't mind, I want to bring up one more thing. We were at our yeah. friend's church, Mariama's church last night. And I was really struck by um, one of the gentlemen there who was, and it was juxtaposed to another lady. So one of the gentlemen was talking about how, you know, he'd been a believer for 35 years or so, and he got very involved in healing ministries and prophetic ministries. And he was, he just says he was like burning the candle at both ends, you know, dozens of people constantly doing healings, constantly doing direct interventions, one-on-one -on -one counseling. And he says that like his physical body gave out. Um, he got fibromyalgia, which is extremely debilitating, no cure. And he went into this period and is still is in that period where he was more concerned about the vertical relationship with God than the horizontal. And it really struck me because there's such an important balance, I think, in the believer's life where we have to do and we have to be. And some people are too much at being, like they're too concerned with, oh, okay, I'm just gonna walk as a Christian um, and it doesn't matter if I if I do anything for the rest of the kingdom. And then there are other people who've turned it into a business, a job, a, a hobby, a preoccupation, an addiction, even where they're just you become so addicted to the the works mm -hmm. that you've lost sight of the fact that it's him 
you're in this relationship with him and he's going to do it and he'll call you to it. You need to be able to hear his voice. But if you're so busy doing, you can't hear his voice and you, you start to, you could potentially lose sight of what is from him and what is from your ego. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. What we were kind of joking about earlier. Right. That it becomes about you, not about him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so I, those are those the two most powerful messages I got from him. Like what a gift it is to have a God that saves and keeps saving. Like he does, he's, he's not, he does, it's not one and done. It's not like, Oh, okay. Let's take the box. You're saved. Move on. It's, mm -hmm. it, it is a lifelong process of, of having his loving hands and support carrying you through life when you can't do it anymore when you can't find the strength, when you're sad, and even when you're feeling blessed and happy, he's literally propelling us through this walk with him. Can you help me understand the difference between the vertical and the horizontal relationship? What's the... So what he means by, so uh, the vertical is my relationship, our relationship with God, him, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit to me. Mm -hmm. What is he saying to me? What am I saying back to him? What is he trying to teach me? What is he calling me to? That, that intimate, private space between you and God. The horizontal is what we do for the kingdom. Hmm. What are we doing for our brothers and sisters? Going extremely, out. Yes, yeah. extremely important. But you can't have the horizontal without the vertical. If you're just horizontal, you're going to collapse. And not looking up. And not looking up. Mm. If you don't have any prayer life, if you don't have any intimacy with God, um, this will eventually burn you out. Wow. The horizontal will burn you up. And I see that. Right? Yep. Yeah, we see it all the time. We hear stories about it where pastors burn out. They leave the faith. They commit suicide. They give up. I mean, so many people get so tired of the, of the works that... Um, they give up and they just lost, you lose sight of the fact that this is really about being the bride of Christ. This is really about walking with him. Mm. First, I want to say hi to Darcy Kane. Hi, Darcy. She's Darcy's a friend of Lisa. Yeah, she's so happy that she got on. Uh, that Darcy And together they make the cross. Yeah, exactly. And you have to have both. Exactly. Or you have a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Or you have a stick or a string on the ground. <laughs> Kate says. I'm so glad we're talking common sense about this issue. Thank you, Kate. Well, because there was another lady there, and, and not to disparage her at all, but just the, the concept of it. Uh, she had gone on this mission trip and was really excited about the healings and went with this group where the, the head pastor says, I'm going to impart to you the healing ministry. And um, he did an impartation to them and kind of freaks me out the whole impartation thing you got to be really careful with that mm. um mm. and then they went up to do these healings and absolutely everybody was healed and she's like and i came back and i am going to impart to whoever wants it a healing ministry and i was like well see this is the trouble with that is two mm. things is that the lord clearly says to us that though to though woe to those who came to him and said i healed in your name i cast out demons don't you know me and he said get away from me. I do not know you. Um, so we have to always be afraid of that because the power of the name of Jesus Christ, it, 
is almost transferable to anyone. There was a sorcerer who came up to Paul, kept saying, these are the chosen ones telling you the way of salvation. He got so irritated after a while, he cast the demon out of her because the demon knows who God is and knows who Christ is too. So the ability to perform miracles in Christ's name is a given. It's the power of the name of Christ. So when you become too focused on that stuff, you've turned it into something where he could turn around and say, I do not know you. Like you're just using my name, you know, and we never want to find ourselves in that kind of a position with, with the Lord. And I am not saying we don't do anything. I'm not, that doesn't, that's not an excuse to eat potato chips and sit on the couch, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Just don't get crazy. Just, just, and, and it's up to everybody to figure out what that balance was. And so the really amazing thing in the dynamic of this room was, so this man deep in thought about his relationship with God did not get up off the couch. People were, you know, praying over other people and prophesying and like doing all this other stuff. And he just was, you know, like just meditating on the couch by himself. And I and I went over to talk to him so that I could hear. I just wanted to hear what he was going through. I wanted to hear um, him explain it. It was it was just it was beautiful. And it's just such an important uh, perspective. I just think it's something that those of us that are in ministry or, or, you know, in service to the Lord, hopefully we all are in service to the Lord and to the kingdom. Um, remember not to lose sight of what we're in service for. Right. Cindy says. Vertizontal <laughs> is the combination and balance of the vertical and the horizontal. God putting his love on us, loving him back, and then sharing that love with others. That's beautiful. Yeah, I like yes. that. It's from Hal Perkins. Good old Hal. Nice. I've been really concerned about what's going on in our church. I'm using three questions. Talk about Jesus. Preaching about the word. Three, does it create a pathway to Jesus? Hmm. Preaching about the word. Are you saying, does that bring you salvation from what you described? No. Is that what you're you're concerned about, Kate? Hmm. Um, Interesting. Or are you saying, does preaching the word and talking about Jesus bring people, to bring, yeah. other people? Like, like you're, yeah, like yep. evangelizing. Last few weeks, none are mentioned, only church community and experience. Oh, Ooh, interesting. You've been to Friends Church? Yes. That's <laughs> like the last church we left. <laughs> but see, but you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Never, uh, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. We don't want to give up on community. It's extremely important. We're meant right. to do life with people, but that can't be it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing, you like, you can't just say, oh, I have this intimacy with God and I don't preach. I don't talk. I don't serve. I don't do, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's just about me because God didn't save us just to save ourselves. He saved us to, to glorify him and make disciples of all people and all nations. So there is a element of, a very important element of evangelizing, witnessing, and 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 talking about the gospel with others. But yeah, just it's all it's all a balance. Yeah, this is a, a really important um, point which Charles Spurgeon is making to me today. Mm, it has me more in thought than it has me even think about what it is I can talk about because. Uh, 
you know, this men's breakfast I went to this morning, it was about 200 men there, something like that. There might have been 300. It was, it was pretty big. I mean, a, a large number of men. The church isn't that big, but it squeezed in a good number of men who were singing like angels, Aww. you know, the worship and Sounds hymns, like a, a man playing the piano. And it was just him. He goes, I love the hymns. And so we're going to, we're going to be singing some hymns. And then the message from the pastor, oh my gosh, I should have his name off the top of my head. Um, I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, it's, um, oh, it's escaping me right now. Um, but it, it's important as, as the, the message is that men need to be obviously more involved. Uh, I'm also in a portion of a book that I'm reading with Nehemiah and the building of the wall. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And the importance of us as men to understand that, you know, me, I was, I was a police officer. Now I'm a consultant. I got my friend, Jim, who's a CPA. Uh, I have friends that are, um, you know, yeah. Uh, men that are in like, uh, you know, management at the water, water division of the, the city and that kind of stuff. So we, that is who we are in our profession. But as in the, the story of Nehemiah calling his, people to help build the wall and men were the primary builders that he talks about that the, the men that were building the wall were not masonry types and carpenters. No. They were farmers. Accountants. They were priests. <laughs> they were accountants. And, but what they became were, were um, wall builders and warriors. Yes. And that in, in our life, we can be these other things. But the one thing that we need to be, based on what I'm hearing from this, this part of the Bible from Nehemiah, is that we, we have to understand that we are, as, as long as we are godly men, we also have to be wall builders and, and warriors and not yes. forget that and, and, and always take that into consideration. If, if we're going to be Christian men, we now have to be wall builders and, and warriors Amen. to protect our families, to protect our kids and our wives, um, to protect our businesses. Um, from, you know, making bad decisions. We have to build walls around our heart uh, to protect them for protection. And, um, and I think in what I'm hearing from uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, in, in this message is that, is that God's love and his, and his, the new, or I'm reading this part, he will give them new hearts and will work faith into their lives that that's, that's the greatness of God. Is <laughs> of our God, the of one our, true our, God, yeah. <laughs> gives you new hearts. Gives us a new heart that we have to protect. He's given us this gift and this will to work faith into our lives. And we can't do it unless we understand what our role is in this world. That men have lost this, this idea of, of strength and being the leaders of our homes and being the leaders of our businesses and our, of our churches. And without understanding that along with this new hearts and our new, and our faith come our need to be warriors and war builders. That's beautiful. And maintain it. So That's I thought beautiful. that was the well, thing that's hitting me on this. And it goes with, uh, I've been meditating on Ephesians 4, 22 for a week now. Uh, so I want to share it with you. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. That's the protecting the heart to be made new in the attitude of your minds. So that's something we have to constantly take every thought captive under Christ and to put on the new self 
created to be like mm -hmm. God in true righteousness and holiness. So this is, and when you really think about it, it's Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. It's really an impactful, there's a lot of components to it. In the, in the first God saying, listen, that person who you were, before I put the new you, the, before I imparted my righteousness to you, is dead. Put that guy to dead. Put the old man to dead. Get the desires and the lust. He says, but that requires a new attitude. You have to make the conscious decision that I'm putting that guy away. And you, and you make a conscious decision that the new life he gave me, that's perfect and righteous and holy, I'm going to put that one on. Mm -hmm. You know, and I put that one on because he's given it to me. So in other words, I don't want to let the old one cloud suffocate the new one he gave me. Hmm. But at the end, he's given, he's the one that's given it. It's actually his righteousness, his love. If we just, if we let him, he'll pull us through this life and make us holy, <laughs> you know, but we have to let him. <laughs> yes. He's like, if we you have to just, grab onto the rope. yeah, if you just give me the reins, I will make you holy. So I thought that was a good one. Yes. I love that. And uh, so let's go back to what Kate's saying here, because I think it's okay. important. So she's saying the last few weeks, none of these are mentioned, um, only church community and experience. And they just tell stories and make declarations and decrees. And I'm concerned and I'm hanging in because of relationships. Mm -hmm. So that is literally exactly what me and Andy were going through. <laughs> Is that it's not, everything sounded like a giant infomercial. Oh my God, look at, we did this. Oh my God, we saved these people. Oh my God, we did this. It's all your money. It's all this stuff because you're so faithful. This is what we're able to accomplish. And less about the, the importance of this relationship with Christ and that we're in the last days and the faithfulness and the holiness and the righteousness and what he's calling us to and what he's given us and what a great gift salvation. Like none of the, the foundational kind of things that people need in a time of difficulty, which we're in. Um, and the, rela the relational aspect, I think for everybody is the hardest part is that people who feel called to leave a church don't leave because of friendships. And that seems to me to be like a really, um, a really strange trap. It's a really strange trap because I felt the Lord told us about our church that he was, they were keeping us hostage because of the kids, that it's like the, it's the children's ministry, not just us, but a whole bunch of families that we know. Um, but I know a lot of people who stayed 20, 25 years, not liking the messages at all, but stay because of friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then Lisa responds, which is, she didn't mean to say, okay, baby. She meant, okay, maybe. Uh, you are to be the salt and light in your church, bringing discernment and truth to the church because she feels the same thing. Yes. So some people are called to stay in a church in order to help. And that's what I originally thought. Yep. That's what I originally thought is that we were to stay there to draw people closer um, to the truth, to be a positive message, to keep them honest, to, you know what I mean? And all in the spirit of love, but there is, um, there is a danger, I think, in this period of time, especially when there's so much corruption and so much evil and so many false prophets and so many false teachers that you drown saving a person trying to be a lifeguard. Mm -hmm. And at that some point, 
we really have to get with God and make sure that that's where he wants us to stay because it could end up drowning us or diluting our walk because we thought we were going to help somebody else or other people. I think even Jesus, I think it's safe to say, or we could just simply say God over the Old Testament, New Testament, were times where he saw what was happening and just lifted his hands off of, off of them. Yes. And it's kind of like we, we, we saw what's happening with this one church and we stayed and we waited and we talked to God and we talked to one of the pastors to see where we're at. And I think we got the, we got the, the message to, to move on. The church has 110 year history, 120 year history. And, you know, it's pretty stuck in its ways, at least as it stands. Now. Right. <laughs> it, it, but, it, but I, I want to now can say this is that in my um, uh, fearless man podcast that I did earlier, it's so strange that I'm saying that yet in that message, I talk about how us men need to help with our communities, with our, our, our public schools to take them back from Sacramento and, and the federal government, which is far bigger than a, a church in Yorba Linda, California. Does that, I mean, doesn't that seem weird, but, it, but I do see the value in doing that than trying to save this church. And I don't know, do you see what I'm trying to I, get to? I totally get it. I totally <laughs> like, get it. How is it possible, Andy, that you can in one message say, hey, I'm going to take on Sacramento and the federal government. And then another message as we're talking and go, you know what, we just decided we're going to let that church go. I mean, you and I aren't going to change that church. But that's the, but I think that's also part of the decision mm. is we know dozens of people that have tried to change them. Good people that were in that church for 10, 20, 30 years mm. who tried to, and I can think of like five couples off the top of my head and they did not change. Yeah. One was an elder that I know. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's something that may not be um, in some of our callings to be able to, to do that. You know, that's not necessarily something that we're called to do. I don't know. It's not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have all the answers. Like yeah, I, 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 I think all of us, have, it's a personal decision. You got to get with the Lord and say, is it time? Am I still growing? I mean, I've changed churches three times since coming to faith and I don't feel, I felt led by the Lord every single time. Um, and I, it led me to grow. I mean, the, the, it was clear to me, the Lord's like time to grow, time to move on. Yeah. And but part of it has to also be taken our, our ministry into consideration. Where, where is our energy best right. going to serve the Lord? Who are we going to speak to that's going to come closer to the Lord? And where is that in our home church? Maybe one of those. Right. Um, I, I really do like this kindred church. I, I, I can't wait until you go there and listen uh, yeah. to the pastor. Uh, I'll, I'll put the, the link to their website into the chat that you guys can check it out. It's uh, definitely worth checking out at least. Um, to listen online. Yeah. They got uh, past messages that you can listen. And to, I so. like what Carrie says when she finally had to make the decision to leave the church is because the friends in the service, but the pastor was not a teacher or a shepherd. Yeah. And that's a problem. That's absolutely a problem. Um, and some people have followed. I mean, us leaving, and I mean, I'm not saying we pulled him. We didn't say, hey, come come to this church. As we move away and go to the place, we see other people kind of making those choices. And I think that that's, that's, has to be in their heart, too. Right. And, uh, it is definitely an individual calling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, Lisa said, well, yeah, I keep praying for discernment from the Holy Spirit. Maybe he just answered me. Mm. I, you know, I pray that he continues to give us all discernment because we don't want to disparage our brothers and sisters. We don't want to um, claim somebody's a false teacher if they're not. It's, and I think that's why a lot of times people quietly leave churches because mm. there's such a, you know, there's such a stigma attached to, you know, falsely accusing our brethren that it's just better to just be like, you know what, this is, this is not for me. I need to move on. Um, as opposed to fighting Congress, something here, let's put it this way. Something that is clearly evil. Don't call evil good and good evil. So when we have clear examples of things our city does or our schools do or our government does that's evil, then we could say that I'm against. That's, a, that's unbiblical. Yes. Thank but you. when it comes to a pastor who's kind of like a little, you know, nothing's clearly false. It's never clearly false. But Paul warned us of the wolves in sheep's clothing that are in our midst in the church. Mm. And so we don't know what that is. And it's a very, it's a very delicate subject. It's a complicated subject because it's, it's rarely overt. So um, I think that's the distinction between those two examples. And I feel like there's also the... Um know the situation where you started in a church that clearly brought you yes. uh, to, to Christ and your relationship grew to a, a certain level but then it was time to graduate yes. and so it, it's it's like the different levels of school yes that, to me uh, absolutely it's perfectly fine for those people that are there and they will come to the choice and come to the decision where the Holy Spirit speaks to them and says you know it's I love this church it brought me to God I'll, I'll always have a fond, you know, closeness to that church, but it's time for me to move on to the next, right. next step. Right. And that, that could be it also. Yes. I like this. I like this. Right. It's, it's not, it's not, there's not, <laughs> there's not one reason why people leave a church, you know, mm. um, they were, were often discouraged from leaving for church hurt. Like, Oh my God, this person offended me. I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, because we've been grossly offended <laughs> at our at our current church, but we would never leave over that. Yeah. Uh, so it's the, that's something that just challenges us and tests us. But the other stuff is, is very complicated, and those are difficult decisions. So Kate says she and her friend went and wrote the pastor about a guy that seriously was teaching wrong stuff, and we were dismissed, and he stood with this person, so our voices were silenced. That's dis That's upsetting. Because when we went to the associate pastor of this church and said, that guy was like a heretic. He was like, I totally agree. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry I brought him. You know, so he was like, mea culpa. I, that was like a, just a big faux pas on my part. So we were really that comforted. Will that will yeah. happen. So you have to accept that. Yeah, we were totally comforted. Everybody's fallible. Everybody makes mistakes. So if we thought there was a history and a pattern of being able to go to them and being like, you know, I feel like something's wrong with this. And they um, accept responsibility and say, well, this was my heart and this is what I was trying to say, but um, I hope you understand. I understand if it didn't resonate with you, but we, um, from past experience, have realized that that's not going to be effective mm. with, the, with the head pastor. Lisa brings up an interesting... Uh, Lisa says, the thing with my church is he's preaching the word, but he doesn't believe in the rapture. Was, is it necessary for salvation? Yes. So when they say, what are the closed hand things versus the open hand or the uh, uh, what is in the box and outside of the box? If it's not the fundamentals of faith, 
it's not something that you could say is doctrinally wrong, that becomes a very difficult decision. But it depends on where your heart is doctrinally. Like, so my Bible teacher doesn't believe in the rapture. It doesn't believe in the ra in a in a pre-trib rapture. Believes in a mid-trib rapture. Um, and to me, I'm like, I don't know which one it's going to be. So I'm not mm -hmm. going to I'm not going to not listen to somebody because they have a different doctrinal belief on something that's that's difficult and complicated and mysterious. But then, then when we hear when you hear something that you're not sure about, then there's people we go to to test it and to um, ask them yes. that we know are strong um, in their um, education, knowledge, knowledge, theology, Good knowledge base. Yeah. Yes. Wisdom and that's and always knowledge. that's always perfectly acceptable. Uh, again, I put the the uh, link for Kindred Community Church that I went to this morning. I, I, I the church has been there since the early two thousands, and we used to train our police dogs there and that type of stuff. So it's been there for years. It's not a new church. Um, it's a church that I have heard about. I know a lot of friends that have gone there and going there for the men's uh, breakfast this morning. Just um, I've, I've ne that's the first message I've heard uh, from the from the pastor. And um, he was very, very good. So um, go to the website, visit it, and uh, check out some of the sermons and let us know uh, what you think. And so Lisa says there's other instances in situations where the bell keeps going off, like during my baptism, <laughs> which is too long of a story. But pay attention to the bells. Why are the bells going off? Yep. Why is the Lord giving you those bells? And remember, this could be a, a distinctly personal issue. I mean, I changed... So when I changed um, churches to Pastor Jack at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, I was driving 65 miles each direction to get to that church. And then when I wanted to stop going, the Lord was like, get up out of bed and go to church. Like it was an absolute unequivocal, no, you can't stop going to that church. Even if it was, took me an hour and a half each direction. I met Andy at that church. You know, not only the fact that we love Pastor Jack, but just... I was not, ge geography did not matter to God at all, but it was not. And I mean, look at how radically that changed my life. So we, these are not, you know what I mean? Like these are not decisions we can yeah. take lightly. They're, they're decisions we have to make um, with God, you know? Um, and Carrie also says a good quote, if God wants us to change a church, wouldn't he give us the power and the tools to do so? And that's happened too, right? Mm -hmm. There's been hostile takeovers of churches. <laughs> That have happened, you know, either in a year or in a month or in six months. Like you, we hear stories of that stuff all the time, too. So yeah. happened to the church that we're talking about. Right. They had a radical shakeup and started a new church down the street. And Right. About It's about, happening at Vineyard. About half the church went the other direction. Remember when we looked up the Vineyard Church, which is um, the mothership, as they call it, to um, the revival movement that splintered off of Cavalry. And it's now turned into the gathering. And remember, we read their website, and I was like, I don't, they, they never mentioned Jesus. Yeah. So it's just called the gathering. It's kind of this new agey Jesus kind of thing. And so they're trying to take the church back because that was apparently a hostile takeover of mm. the vineyard. So now they're trying to take it back. So there, there's definitely instances where that happened. Um, so I think God will put that in the people's hearts when it's necessary. <laughs> Kate's saying, some preacher spoke again last week. And it left me feeling creeped out, but our voices have been silenced. It would not have gone well if we challenged it. Mm. Yeah, that's it's between you and the Lord, Kate. It's yeah. Well, that's happening all over California, all over the country, all, all over the, the world. Country. I yeah, think, yeah. I mean, because there's false teachers everywhere. 
and they were kind of uh, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing for years until the pandemic. For whatever reason, the pandemic really exposed. We talk about the pandemic exposing school boards and districts, uh, you know, with the public school system to medical, uh, you know, philosophies, I guess is the best thing. I don't know how you, how you put it, but doctors that suddenly became really odd in what it was that they were deciding to treat and not to treat that. I mean, so much, so much has been exposed by this, this, this pandemic that <laughs> came our way. Right. And, right. Then, and then the churches um, are being exposed. Uh, the pastors that maybe are not really God filled. Yeah. It's like Jack, Jack, Pastor Jack makes a joke. He's like, there's people like, Oh my God, there's all these churches closing. And he's like, good riddance. They probably weren't churches, you know, because yeah. God's church, it doesn't close, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's that's let God do what he's going to do. Um, Lisa makes a comment, um, but I I, I think she, you may have misunderstood what Carrie, what Carrie was saying. So Carrie, we have the tools because I can go online and receive the word and message and strength from five other pastors. What I believe Carrie was saying was that if we had the power to change a particular church, exactly, mm -hmm. that um, if God wanted us to change the leadership of a church, he'd give us the power and the tools to do that. And he has done that for other people in other churches. Yeah. So. Lisa says God Center Darcy. And God Center Darcy. <laughs> That's great. Oh. Uh, okay. So, um, and Carrie's, I think, saying she, the church she left, she had been at for 27 years. I've been at this church for about 25 years. The one I'm yes, left. Exactly. <laughs> And and so did the elder. What he had been there twenty years before least, he yeah. was an elder. Yeah, yeah. and they were there about the same. Yeah. And uh, Lisa is saying that part of the reason she she stays is it's a physical place to connect with other believers, and there are times that she's grateful and um, and she can't drive far. That's another piece of the puzzle. And Carrie's saying she understands that. And. Um, and Carrie saying the vineyard left good teaching in the 80s. That's a whole nother kettle of fish. Uh, Lisa was saying I was driving to Chino, but now she can't drive, which led me to find another church near me. And yeah. um, and Lisa, don't ever give up. If you feel the Lord's calling you to change, um, he'll open a way. Where's the, do you remember where Lisa is? Um, uh, I think she's Alhambra. out in North Hollywood. North, North, All the way to Northridge. Northridge. Northridge, yeah. And some of the things that our, the church donates to are awful. And it's part of the apostasy and I'm paying attention to the bells, but I guess I don't want to leave also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, that's, that's the trick. That's the trick. I mean, I, uh, the, the second church I left was literally across the street from my house. It's when, after I was baptized and came back and it was the church of the beautiful people. It was, it was such a beautiful campus. The pastor was young and he was so gracious and kind but it was like, I don't, the, the people were really corrupted. Like just, I felt like they were not pursuing righteousness or holiness. And mm -hmm. I confronted the associate pastor and she thought I was just being judgy. So I was like, I just felt it was just really the wrong atmosphere. It wasn't the, it wasn't going to bring me um, closer to the Lord in the way that I had hoped for, but it was hard to leave. It was extremely hard to leave. It was next door. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I yeah. loved the people and it was, you know, it was so comfortable and so convenient. Like it is the church down the street here. Yeah. 
Ah, okay. says, I think my fear of being ostracized and treated like a troublemaker. I'm asking God for wisdom and direction. Yeah. That's see, that's, you do. that's the thing, Kate, because it may not be what God's calling us to do, to be a troublemaker, mm -hmm. you know, and to go and, and, you know, raise a fuss because that may not be um, effective. Why throw pearl to swine? Yeah. And we do have to be careful about ourselves and what our, what our thinking is. And maybe you go to somebody else. Kate, which I'm sure you probably have done, but sometimes you have to go to other people and say, did you? And this is one of the things we got confirmation yes. very quickly. I mean, we barely got out of the church into the parking lot when somebody came. Hey, did you just hear what you did? You we yeah. go, oh, we thought it was us. And yeah. so there was confirmation. So not to cause trouble with other people, but to say, hey, what do you think about that message? Maybe somebody that you can trust and, and have a discussion with. And then again, like you said, we met with the pastor. We said, hey, you know what? Can we have a meeting with you or? We want to discuss what we just heard. And he was fantastic. About yes. Yeah, absolutely. Not just because he agreed with us, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he confirmed that it was wrong. Yes. Yes. Because we're relatively new believers compared to some of the people in that church. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I know I, you know, you all are much wiser than me, but can I just point out what I thought was wrong? And he's like, you're absolutely right. And I was like, oh my God, that was so comforting to think that I wasn't off the reservation somewhere, yeah. you know? Um, and he didn't get defensive. I mean, he was, he was, yeah, I mean, he's beautiful. awesome. He's just an awesome pastor. Yes. If can't he we, would just lead. I can't wait till he starts, <laughs> starts his own church. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Carrie saying our new church is Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, uh, <laughs> online and with Hedy and Andy as, as well as a few others since I'm homebound. And Carrie, maybe you should, are you part of a home away group? Um, yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, they're all over the place. Oh, but she's homebound. Maybe you, um, she, she doesn't leave the house at all. But okay. if you do leave the house at all, there are a lot of home away groups now that um, Pastor Jack has started. Yeah, they even are advertising it now as to being a thing. Yeah, but, I'm so uh, glad. Yeah, I pitched it to him three years yeah, ago. He yeah. thought I was crazy. He put you in charge. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate others said, feel the same way, mm -hmm. but many more have embraced the new teaching. Yeah. Mm. So what happens? That's why the accountability of pastors is greater than the average person. Yep. Let's really quick read what um, Jim has to say on this particular thing. Jim Ryman, you mind reading it? Sure. In Spurgeon's first paragraph today, we see that salvation, sanctification, and repentance are all works of the almighty God. We also see that even faith itself is a gift. Mm -hmm. Amen. And it's something he works into our lives. He works into our lives. <laughs> Knowing that salvation from the first wooing of the Holy Spirit to complete sanctification is a work of the Father should give us an ever-increasing view of God's grace. And having the proper biblical view of salvation should bring him glory, for we see that salvation is only of him and from him. These truths should fill our hearts with gratitude for our loving God who is mighty to save and who is mighty to sanctify as well. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept, blame, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus mm. Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Mm. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Awesome. One of the things that I, I pulled up, I, I just took notes of a couple of things that were said today, and I wish I would have taken more notes because it was a really really good message from uh, uh the pastor his name philip. is philip <laughs> over at kindred community church look it up it's uh and some of his messages i think you really like them but um one of the things he says is if christians realized they were inhabited they would be less inhibited 
<laughs> right. And I love that because it speaks to where I was for so long, where I didn't realize he dwelled inside me. Yes. And it was, uh, remember how difficult and still is not as much it is to pray, to talk to other people about Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. to ask them if they know Jesus, that they knew Jesus loves them, that, that none of those things would come out of my mouth because you know why? I didn't know he was inside me. <laughs> but now that I know that he's inside, that I'm inhabited, inhabited. I'm way less inhibited. I'm here talking to millions of people <laughs> online. I mean, I, I just, when he said that, I go, oh my gosh, that, so true. that is so true because I'm so different now. And I think one of the, there's a number of things that I, uh, you know, come to learn. Um, but the, that is one of the biggest things. The best. Oh, it's so And it's not just, crazy. it's not just that he sets up shop and then puts a sleeping bag there, like, and leaves, no, no. you know what I mean? He's, he's there to be the counselor, the comforter, the, the advisor to get us through this life. Yeah. It's, it's such a gift. It's, it's grace. It's grace above all else. And then a couple other things, just really quick. Let me just throw these out here really quick. Is it, um, it, in regard to men, you know, talking to men is um, so important to talk about what decisions we make and where we go and what we look at and, you know, what our children see us do. And he said that uh, the, the one thing you always have to keep in mind is that everything about us, about who we are, starts with a thought. Everything. And, and, and we, if we think through a filter of, of God... And, and pray uh, before we make decisions and ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what, you know, what do you think? Should I, should I go here? What should I do? Or what do you have planned for me today, Jesus? That the thoughts will be much more in line with God. And then our being will be so much different. Amen. The kids will see us so much differently. You will see your husband so much differently. Uh, if we are in a business, the, the people around us will see us so differently because our thoughts go through the filter of God. And now where we are and what we're doing will be more in line with what God wants. And it'll be so much clearer. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the last one is that um, uh, the, our, our mind should be based on the sound, sound judgment of God. And uh, so yeah, being in the scripture and being in the devotionals and, and talking with you about God all the time, I think is, is clearly one of those things that keeps my mind based on the sound judgment of God. So I just wanted to share those two things that were That's really, awesome. really important that I took away from, from today's message. And I want to summarize what our ladies are talking about here, because mm -hmm. I think it's really important. So um, Kate's talking about how she's, uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie was saying that she's homebound because of her husband's health. Yep. Um, and Kate is saying that she's fairly homebound as well. Um and her solid teaching comes from Pastor Jack and Amir and Barry Stagner. But mostly she's gotten very serious about studying the Bible and trusting God, but don't like doing it alone. And first of all, um, praying for um, all of you to uh, find your, your home and your people that uh, the Lord will um, help and encourage you with. Because I think that that's, that's really important. That's actually been my prayer. I, I talk to Andy about that quite often, that. I want friends to do life with. I want strong, Christian, mature women to do life with. And so we'll pray that for you all. Uh, but I also encourage you to, like in the beginning, before I had a community locally, I did my Bible studies online. 
So it would, there are a lot of online Bible study options. And because of you guys, I am going to bring it up to uh, Cavalry again, because I have brought it up before that we need to do um, more communal stuff online because um, at, Lisa looked up that they don't have a home away next to her. But uh, as of now, the Bible studies, like the women's Bible study, we're starting a new one. Um, as far as I know, mm -hmm. was not going to be online, but I'm hoping that they will. And I, I just know Pastor Jack, uh, Pastor Jack's heart is to to help disciple as many people as possible. So hopefully, they will move to that um, online Bible study option where it would be even better than this in the sense that it's done through Zoom. So everybody can mm -hmm. see each other and talk to each other. I, I mean, I, my dearest friends in my, um, in the beginning of my walk with Christ were states away from me. I saw like I was looking up and I saw that Kate said that you said that there's a couple of people that feel the same way you do. Uh, what about those? Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, now we're a little crooked. Yeah, starting your own Bible. Study. Yeah, what about those bringing those having those three come to you? Yes. If it's uh, just two or three people, I mean that is a great home church a great small church great idea they bring uh some donuts or whatever it is that you guys eat <laughs> they're in australia <laughs> well, yeah what do you eat well, kangaroo, kangaroo some kangaroo meat and some uh but that's a but, great uh, idea yeah just and just starting from there and uh my other friend that was a mature christian like you kate she started um a group a zoom group online and has been running it now for five years so that's also an option is that some people come to the house and the people who can't come to the house, you do via Zoom together and you lead it. You did, lead it. Did they see that I was in my pajamas? No. I have pajama bottoms on. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says she definitely loves coming here and connecting. Yes, Thank this you. is good. I mean, that's a good group of people that we have here. That are oh, and she didn't have a group next to her. Well, you're all the way in Australia, Kate, so... <laughs> Give us time. We're working our way over there. Yeah. You could be the one. You could be the the the, the lead to start setting that up. Yes, please. I, I Is that in response to my comment to Jack about doing um, online Bible studies? Yeah. Uh, what about Zoom for those like, uh, I don't know what yeah. the rest of Carrie's thought yeah. is. <laughs> those like them, like her, I think. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, the Zoom link is for people that are, you know, that just can't make it to church. So that would be that would be the goal. Absolutely. I think she says they won't leave the church, even the ones that know that it's kind of. not. No. So I'm not saying start your own church. No. Do a Bible study. Yeah. So you get the you get the fellowship and you go deeper in the word like your heart is calling you to. Um, but you do it in your home. And so you're you're basically. Uh, they're being selected by the Holy Spirit who's going to participate. I mean, that's what the growth of our home church. We don't expect anybody to leave um, their, their churches. Their churches yeah. that we just want fellowship. We want to increase fellowship. And I think God's calling all of us to that. So your desire to want more fellowship, I think, is a very, very important one. Uh, and I think the idea of just even doing a Bible study in your house would be a way in which you could meet that. Yeah, the people that come to our home church, I think there's, I mean, if there are 15 there, maybe three of them go to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Right. Uh, the rest uh, go to other churches and some we don't even know. And some don't go to church. Yep. Some also. The part of the home. unchurched. The unchurched people. Yes. Yep. So it's a great mixture. Uh, and then um, 
even if you did it on a uh, on a Monday, you could still listen to a message from Calvary Chapel Chino Hills or or Kendrick. Community and you Church. could even do the Bible study on the message, run yep. through what Pastor Jack's um, following. That's what my first church did. The Bible study was always based on the sermon. Yep. And that's what you guys do also with your morning, somewhat based on the yeah. study, right? Because like Jack, it's generally a series that they go through now. That's kind of the what a lot of churches do. They have a series in Matthew, uh, which is our Wednesday. No, Wednesday is um, Hebrews with Pastor Jack Hibbs, generally. He doesn't always on Hebrew, but <laughs> it's supposed to be Hebrew. And then on Sundays, it's been Romans. He said it'll be yeah. Romans for the next decade. Yeah, exactly. As he goes through it. Carrie's saying she would lead it, but she has memory issues. I know what I knew before, but now it's hard. Yep. It doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you that leads it. Could be it. your house. It could be your house. And then somebody else lead it. <laughs> and then Kate. Which it happens at Mariamas quite often. Uh, Stan will often. Yes. Be, uh, Carrie, uh, Mariam isn't always leading the discussion. Yeah. yeah I, I, last night was the longest I've heard her actually lead a message at her house. Right. <laughs> Interesting enough. And Keith says, we do Bible study daily by the phone and ask me what God showed me today. And we go through the Bible together. It's happening. Great. That's awesome. Oh, what a great discussion. Yeah. Um, I want to pray. Okay. Do you have something you want to say first before I pray? No, I was just okay. wondering how you wanted to land the plane. Land the plane. Ah, Lord, thank you uh, for the fellowship with the saints. Thank you for bringing these wonderful ladies here with us. And you know the desires of their heart and you know uh, what they need to draw closer to you and deepen their relationship with you. They love you, Lord. And you um, you will, in, you, in your timing, in your way, um, show them a path. And we ask for that door to open, the doors that only you can open, Lord, and that you will show them the way forward, whether it's in their church or their Bible studies or their fellowship with other believers, Lord, um, that you have asked us not to forsake the assembly of the saints and that we know that you will find a way for them to honor that commitment. And you are um, <laughs> the God of provision, the God of miracles. You, are, you make a way when there's seemingly no way, Lord. And so we trust in you. Uh, we love you. We worship you and honor you in everything that we do. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this was like a, a town square, town hall, <laughs> which I like. A town hall of um, of a discussion about uh, what we what we strive for. We, we strive for a close relationship with God. Yes. I want to laugh because Lisa's yeah. saying, Hedy, why don't you lead it? I got to tell you a funny story, Lisa. You weren't here, but we were lamenting about what this change of the church is going to mean for our children because we would attend every Saturday together. Mm -hmm. And one of the participants said, you should do it. Uh, you should lead a youth group at home. And me and Andy both instantly <laughs> panicked. I was like, Oh no. And the more I thought of it, I keep peppering Andy with it. Cause I really do think that's what we should do because mm. um, our friend, our kids, we've got enough kids in the house that even if they were just the audience, it would be sufficient. But each of them has different friends that come over at that time and just say, you know, mm. Saturday, five o'clock Bible study. So whoever's in this house is going to participate and just give a short message, you know? Mm. So the solution and, and honestly, I could tell you from so many communities that I'm in contact with the movement of the home church. I mean, that's how it's exploding in China and Iran. Um, there's no reason that we don't have, that we can't have that here. 
the Lord does not expect that everybody's going to be passive and everyone's just going to be listening to a guy on stage. It's not meant to be a passive walk. So the movement towards doing things in our own homes to increase that fellowship and that camaraderie, I think is, is something God's putting on people's hearts. So, Oh, look at that. <laughs> Cindy's saying she could do a zoom Bible study. I love that. That's a great idea. That is awesome. That is a great idea. So I don't know how uh, we could. Amen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you, uh, uh, Cindy, you just let me know what you want to do to put it together, like uh, to get everyone's contact information. I have Carrie's and Lisa's. I only have Kate's messengers, um, but I will, I will help you coordinate that. I'd be happy to help. Yeah. I've had some thoughts about that and I've not. You I haven't did. put it on me yet? No, no. I have a, the system to do it. But it's yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Let's talk for it. Let's talk further. I think this is a good idea Yeah. because I've been working on it for uh, two months. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. You did mention it to me. <laughs> yeah. So Cindy, we'll have to get together. Uh, just give me some time. I have uh, three other projects that I got to get through, but um, I have to go to Idaho on Monday and uh, where else? I got to go to Texas, I think, in yeah, Houston or something like that. Weeks. Some other stuff. So, um, yeah, let's um, let's let's talk uh, the three of us. Yeah, I'm not leaving you out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say hi uh, to a new friend that I met at the um, the men's breakfast, Lee Horton, uh, who could be listening. I don't know if he's listening now or uh, watching now, but uh, uh, just to tell you really quickly. So I go to this men's breakfast this morning. I'm sitting there maybe ten, all of ten minutes. And a man sits, I saw, I feel this man sit next to me, but I'm talking to the guy I came kind of with, which his name's Jim. He's part of our men's Bible study on Saturday mornings. And then um, I turn to my right and uh, he looks like a cop. And he says, they to look Jim, like twins. And he says to Jim, he says, well, I'm, I'm visiting here from Northern California. I just heard this breakfast was happening. And so I decided and they to show have bacon. up and there's like, and they have bacon and there's <laughs> like 200 to two to 300 men in this, in this little room. And um, he sits down next to me and Jim goes, this guy's a cop. And then we look, we, he's like, he's you know, used to supervise the canine unit. And uh, he, I'm wearing a Pendleton. He's wearing a Pendleton. Underneath my Pendleton, I have this shirt, obviously, which is a, a, the blue striped shirt for uh, law enforcement. And underneath his shirt, he's got a, a very similar shirt. <laughs> you look like twins. You look like twins. I looked at him. I was like, oh, you found your twin. <laughs> so um, and we had, it was a great connection. He will probably be at our home church uh, this uh, January, which we're yes. having in a couple of weeks. So him and his, him and his wife is going to come. Again, he lives in Northern California. He's here to take a school on uh, up on how to... Uh, Sub, not submit how to um, what's the word uh, polygraphs how to do polygraphs oh, polygrapher yeah polygrapher um and so that's why he's here but i just thought i just wanted to say hi to uh to lee and had a great had a great time with him today just oh, talking we had, of course we had war stories and yeah. dog stories and all that kind of stuff so great meeting him and looking forward to meeting him and his wife uh, in a couple weeks great all right anything thank else thank you ladies for a great discussion and for um sparking Yes. Yet another new project. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. You yes. No. All right, Hedia. It's your turn. Oh, the Edify app, right? I was going to do that. Edify, <laughs> the Christian Podcast Network, edifi.app. Download, subscribe. It would be truly a blessing for us. Thank you.
Guess what's tomorrow? Happy Sunday. Tomorrow's church. It's already church day for, for Kate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, God bless. Take Bye. care. Bye.